Good morning, everybody. This is Will Richardson in San Francisco. Welcome to the Richardson Financial Podcast. Today, I'm really excited to be here with, with Ben Newman. Many of you know Ben. He was a forum advisor with Northwestern Mutual, and then he went on to uh, devote his time full-time to coaching, financial advisors, professional athletes. Ben's going to talk about some interesting things he's doing with the Miami Dolphins and some other sports teams, as well as the ongoing coaching he's doing with advisors around the country. Welcome, Ben. Well, Will, thank you so much for this opportunity to be with you and to be with your devoted listeners. And i, I got to tell you, this is similar to when I would go to forum meetings. Every year I would go and I kind of like just snuck into making forum. And then you see all these legends and these greats that you have an opportunity to learn from. And so being on your podcast, I think of the unbelievable people that I've looked up to for 15 years that you've interviewed, that you've shared with your following, that makes me so excited to just be a small part of, of this opportunity to be with you. So thank you. Oh, man, yeah, this is going to be fun. So so for those that are watching the video, you can see a jersey behind Ben, a, a Jerry Rice jersey. So uh, here we are in San Francisco, uh, appropriate that we're talking about Jerry Rice. So here's, here's a question. Um, the interview that you did with Jerry Rice, um, the the things that I noticed about just his work ethic, et cetera, do you remember some of the things he talked about, about what it means to him to give 100%? Yeah, so, and first off, this is all stage. Normally I don't have that jersey that that's special <laughs> just for you, Will. Thank and you. Special to now, in all seriousness, what, what, what an honor it was to spend that time with Jerry Rice, and so I, I put this jersey up the moment that I got back, and you know, it really blew me away how humble he was, the great personality he had. He still looks like he could play football. But one of the most profound things he said was before we even took the stage, we were backstage, we're getting ready, we're preparing, and all of a sudden he looks at me and he says, you know what? You know what I've never understood? How could somebody not give 100% when it's 100% their choice? And I thought to myself, that's one of those moments where you're like, all right, this is one of the greatest in the world who's ever done what he's done. And that is one of the most simple yet profound statements I've ever heard. You know, really for all of us, it's the choices we either choose to make or not make that determine the story we write. And it was so powerful hearing Jerry Rice say that. Well, you just made me remember something else. During the interview, you said to him something like, it looks like you could still go out and play. And, and I don't think he was kidding. He's like, yeah, I think I could too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know if you saw it. I figured you'd probably keep up with the training camp for the 49ers, but I think it was one of their last days of training camp. He was actually running routes on the practice field. And, I mean, he was in, he was in gear. I'm like, this is crazy. I mean, he literally could still play the game. Well, you know, one of the takeaways from that was when he was talking about the extra effort that he put into it well beyond, like, like when he would run routes all the way to the end zone instead of just coming back to, you know, the line of scrimmage. And he talked about the idea of how he was the best uh, Sunday and Monday nights. And as you think about just this idea that you talk about attacking the process, uh, be great to have you describe, you know, what, is, what does that mean to you and, and all the people that you coach? Yeah, so I think for, for you, Will, if we took you as an example, if we said in your practice or even in this unbelievable podcast, I mean, you think about what you have created to give back to financial advisors. It's incredible. So how you develop the process of this podcast or what makes you a great financial advisor or anybody listening, what makes you the best advisor comes down to the process that drives that success. 
What we find in our coaching work, often if somebody is pulled back from where they want to be, it's because they're living too much to their feelings. They're allowing their feelings or negativity to dictate the choices they make rather than saying, here's the standard I'm going to live by. Here's the process I'm going to live by one day at a time. Because we can't get yesterday back and we can't take care of tomorrow until today's finished. So the process is the standard or the action you're willing to take on a daily basis. So when you look in the mirror at the end of the day, you can say, today I gave it my very best. And that's how Jerry Rice lived his life. He knew exactly what he needed to do on a daily basis to drive the process from his nutrition, how he studied the playbook, to how he ran routes, to how he did everything. And I think it's the same for all of us. What's the process that's caused you to have success in the past? And what if you silenced your feelings and you lived to that process more often? We would all grow more. Well, you know, it reminds me, of, I had a conversation with, with Dave Siegel a few months ago, and he was, he was working towards um, hitting some big goals, getting, getting back to form for the second time in a row, and he said he had a conversation with you and that you helped him break it down. Do you remember what you guys talked about that really helped him just start thinking about the process? So I, I have this memory where when things are significant, especially conversations with people that I, I, I deeply care about, I, I remember things so vividly and specifically, and I did not know you were going to ask this question. So Dave Siegel, unbelievable talent, unbelievable advisor, blessing to have the opportunity to work with guys like Dave. And we were actually in Miami. I had a speaking engagement in Miami. He came to see me at the hotel. And it was one of those, like, where do you want to do this coaching session? Man, let's go out by the pool. <laughs> so we literally we, we went out. We're literally swimming in the pool. And he was open with me. He was open about where his mindset was. I mean, there was a large gap. He had hit four in the year before. Now it's the opportunity to do it again. You're feeling like you're behind. And we had a conversation. Dave, what allowed you to hit four last year? Gosh, I took it one day at a time. And I said, well, Dave, do you recognize that you haven't even been referred to the cases that are going to get you to forum. You haven't even <laughs> referred to them yet. So if you continue to ask and do the things that are within your control, if you pick up the phone, you're courageous, you dial, you dial new people, you're going to find the cases that are going to get you there. We just got to commit to the accountability of hammering it one day at a time. And I'm so proud of him because he did it, he followed through, and he made it back to forum. Well, you know, it's funny. I had a couple of conversations with him along the way, too, and every time he would say, I'm attacking the process. He would, he would say, I'm taking it one day at a time. And, and, it, and it really, he, he said it helped him just kind of slow down and, and not worry about the result because he knew it would come. And to your point, it's like, if we do what we're supposed to do, then we don't have to know where it's going to come from. We just know that it'll work if we're doing the right things, right? A hundred percent. And the, the I have to know mindset, that's the living to your feelings, right? It's I have to know how it's going to work out if I'm going to choose to take action. Forget that mindset, everybody. Why do you have to wait for it to be perfect to take action? If you've already taken action that's caused you to have success in the past, focus on what you can control and just take action. That's what it means to attack the process. You think Jerry Rice went out on the football field and said, okay, hey, Joe, Joe Montana, I'm only going to run this route if I know where the, exactly where the defender's going to be and where you're going to put the ball. If you can't tell me that and you can't tell me how many steps that, that quarterback's going to take, I'm not running the route. I'm going to go sit on the sideline. It doesn't happen that way. Well, so speaking of professional athletes, uh, another uh, friend of ours that you and I, uh, Brandon Strope, and I know he's uh, worked with you uh, for a while, he, he was sharing with me that you uh, were able to build your business uh, when you were a financial advisor by uh, working with uh, professional athletes. So how did, how did you get into that uh, arena? 
So it actually started in 2009. We, we've thrown boot camps. So many, many people probably listening have been to our boot camps. We've had over 1,000 people come to boot camps in St. Louis, Las Vegas, the Virgin Islands, this year the Dominican Republic. And so these events, people come. And in 2009, I gave a talk in January of 2009 with Chris Kuhn. Everybody loves Chris Kuhn. Your interview with Chris was great. I mean, you talk about high energy. I have no energy compared to Chris Kuhn. And so I, I love Chris, and we're getting on a plane after giving a talk at Kevin Miller's office in Pittsburgh. And I said, man, I'm throwing a boot camp. He says, what's a boot camp? I said, I have no idea, but I'll figure it out by the time we land. <laughs> and one of the things, one of the things I wrote down was, that I was going to have a professional athlete come and speak. So I reached out to Roland Williams, the old Super Bowl champion tight end from the Rams, and he came to speak. And when those relationships started to grow, it opened up doors into former NFL players as well as current NFL players. And it's like anything, if you focus on something, it's gonna grow. If you wanna work with more physicians in your practice, well, you gotta ask for prospects to physicians, you have to contact your clients who currently are physicians and spend more time with those physicians. So it's, it's the natural process of surrounding yourself with the people that you want to work with. And that's what, I, what, what we did, and it's been a blessing to do some of the things we've now done. Well, it's incredible, and you, you've developed a process around that. And, and there's another process that uh, Brandon said you got to ask him about plus one. So I'd be, I'd be curious if you could describe what plus one is. Yeah, so the, the plus one concept is something that we developed years ago. When I first came into the business, you got to give me, I'm going to be long-winded on this answer because i got, I got to go deep for everybody <laughs> listening because we got to give them some rate of return. Especially, you know, when things are free, we still got to give them rate of return. Right? Well, so so the, the plus one concept, the plus one concept is all around turning your social media contacts into legitimate business prospects. You know, how many of us who are on this interview right now open up your email every day, oh, it's great, I got connected to 13 more people on LinkedIn, accept, 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 and then you do nothing with it. It's a waste of your time to even hit the accept button. So what we've done is we've developed this strategy that gives you three different pieces of language, whether you read an article about somebody, whether it's through Facebook, whether it's through one, two, three, four degrees of separation over LinkedIn, and everybody can actually go to a hidden page on our website. If you just Google the, the plus sign, the number one concept, it's a hidden page. And it provides the definition of the plus one concept. There's a video on the plus one concept, language that we've already written for you to send in emails. And I gave the talk about three times at the Southern Regional. It's been approved by compliance. You probably just have to tweak the language so it's perfect for your clientele or you're reaching out to. But the gist of the plus one, and Brandon Stroke came to boot camp, learned this, and one week later, went back to Boulder, through personal observation, used the plus one concept that led to a $70,000 premium three weeks after attending his first boot camp ever. <laughs> so Brandon's another one of those blessings of an opportunity to work with, because when Brandon learns something, he takes action. And, you know, if we get on these podcasts and people don't take action, this is you and I smiling, laughing, and having a good time. We want all of you to take action. I know Will's invested in doing this because he wants you to take action. He wants you to change. He wants you to do things that are strategic. The plus one will get you into those ideal target markets you've always wanted to get into by just focusing on one time per day, contacting somebody through social media and turning them into a legitimate business prospect rather than waiting around with your dream referral list to get referred to them. So it's the T-H-E and then the plus sign and then one spelled out dot com, is that it? 
Uh, co- actually, concept. So if you just Google that, okay. it'll literally take you to a hidden page of my website. So just put into your browser just the plus one concept. My name will pop up with a hidden page on the website. Well, first of all, if there's a secret hidden page, we want to know about it. So now, I mean, what, whatever's there, that's just cool. <laughs> you got it. You got it. That's it. That's the key. Well, you mentioned something that goes back to this idea of taking action, and I'd be curious your perspective on something. I mean, I've observed that the top performers, they, they're they always wanting to learn. They're sitting in the front row taking notes, and they and they implement stuff quickly. So from, from what you've seen, is it is it as simple as, just go do something, even if you don't feel like you're 100% ready, just get out there and, and try something new? I, I think that's exactly right. I mean, it's once again, listen to this podcast. If you hear a Sparks, if you hear a Wagner, you hear these great legends, like, you know, you can say, boy, that was entertaining. Oh, my gosh, to hear them speak, to hear them talk about the business. But I would encourage everybody, when you take the time to listen to Will, to listen to other podcasts, Find one action step from all the interviews that resonates with you, that fits into your practice in your life, and take action on it. Because the more we challenge ourselves to do things differently, the more we're uncomfortable with the action we take, that's when you silence those feelings, live to a standard, you get yourself to your next level. Well, there, so here we are at the beginning of football season, and I know you're doing some work with uh, North Dakota State. and. Uh, they're just an inspiration. It seems like every year they uh, they have a habit of beating teams they're not supposed to, <laughs> and now it's it's almost like it's not a surprise anymore. Almost. And so last year there was a really probably the biggest upset of the 2016 season when they beat Iowa. So um, you were you were there that day, as I understand, and I think you may have even prepped the kicker for the game-winning field goal. So could you tell us about that? <laughs> you, you've you've done your research because you've been watching some videos. Yeah, so it's, um, I'll tell you, first off, before, before I share this story, keep in mind whether it's a Dave Siegel, a Brandon Strope, a top 20 rep, 80 other forum reps that we've helped get the forum for the first time, or whether it's a professional athlete, a collegiate athlete, you've never seen me in a pair of football pads, you don't see me running around on a basketball court, and I'm not in the conference room at people's meetings. So all I really do is share a different thinking and a different perspective to get people excited to want to take the action. And that day was a great example. The, the kicker, his name is Cam Peterson. And Cam, if you actually go back to the season before, when we won our fifth straight national championship, and Carson Wentz was the quarterback, now with the Philadelphia Eagles, in the semifinal game in that championship historic run, we were up 26 to nothing at halftime versus the Richmond Spiders, live on ESPN. 26 nothing. And in the first half, Cam Peterson, a fr- true freshman kicker, had missed two extra points, missed a field goal. We botched a snap on an extra point. So we're running into the locker room, and Coach Kleiman, the head coach, comes up to me, gets right in my face. He says, go find the specialist and take care of it now. And I said, all right, Coach, I got you. So I took Cam Peterson, our All-American punter, Ben LeCompte, and our long snapper, Jimmy Fisher. I took him into the training room, closed the door. We're right in front of the hot tub. And I looked at him. I said, guys. I said, guys. I said, what's the score? They said, 26 to nothing. And I said, okay. I said, do you think the defense is going to do their job in the second half? He, they said, yeah. I said, how about the offense? Yep, the offense is. I said, will you guys do me a favor? Will you please smile, let loose, and just have some fun out there? And Cam Peterson in that moment, I want anybody who's in leadership. And when I say that, whether you have a contract to be in leadership or you're leading your children, you're, you're, you're coaching your niece and nephew's sports teams, we're all in leadership. So that's kind of a trick question. 
when you understand when you understand how somebody's wired and you coach to how somebody's wired they'll do things they never thought they could do it's the same with your clients when you understand their purpose and their motivation they will do things or take action that maybe they didn't see for themselves because you haven't transferred the belief yet of what's possible when i said let's just have fun this freshman kicker, Cam Peterson, he looks like a kid who should be surfing out in that ocean. Cam Peterson got this big smile on his face. The rest of that playoffs, he went 7-for-7 seven seven on field goals and extra points. That parlayed into being perfect towards the beginning of next season. We go into Iowa, the game you alluded to. For any of the Iowa Hawkeye fans who are listening, you better hit the mute button right now because <laughs> you're not going to be happy with me. And at that Iowa game, we were an 18-point underdog. We were playing the number 10 team in the country. We're an FCS team. They're FBS. They had just gone to the Rose Bowl, which many of the Northwestern Mutual people were at because they sponsored the Rose Bowl. They had not lost at home in two years. And with two minutes left in the game, we're down 21 to 20. And Coach Kleiman runs down, and he grabs me, and he says, go prep Cam for the game winner. There were two minutes left on the clock. Iowa was getting ready to punt the ball to us. I run down the sideline, I go up to Cam, I grab him by his face mask, and all I said to him, Cammy, let's go have some fun, babe. (laughs) And I smiled at him, and he smiled back at me. That's all he needed. I knew his hard wiring. I didn't have to give him some rah-rah, fire-up speech. All I have to tell that young man is to have fun. And with just a few seconds left on the clock, Cam runs into the game. I had already smacked the coach on the butt, and I told him he was ready. Cam goes in with 37 with a 37-yard field goal, one nice, easy swing through the upright, game-winning field goal, 23-21, buys in over the Hawkeyes, and it's one of the, arguably one of the biggest upsets in the history of college football. Well, so just something you alluded to for those that may not follow college football as much. So what's the difference between an, an FCS team and an FBS team, just in terms of how would you describe that for those that may not be familiar? It's a great question because many people get confused these days because it was a lot easier to follow it when they said Division One and One AA. <laughs> so essentially, the FCS is what used to be the One AA. Now it's all called Division One. It gets confusing. But you know, the Bison have nine guys who are in the NFL right now, and I have the blessing of still being able to mentor some of those guys and do their mental training that's in the NFL. And so you think nine guys in the NFL—that's more than some high-level Division One. Yeah. So. What's, what's happened with that program is even though they would consider us a lower tier of Division One, it's the expectation, it's the culture, it's the belief, which is really the same for us as an advisor. If you're a brand new advisor, why can't you believe that you're going to be top 20 one day? Why can't you believe that you're going to be forum? Expect more of yourself, and if, t- if it takes you two, three, four, five years to get there, you're going to learn so much about yourself on the journey along the way. And you'll go in, and you'll have some big victories against your Iowa Hawkeye, big Goliath opponents in your life. Well, it's certainly, yeah. So it's so it's not only that they that they beat a uh, you know Division One, whatever the term is, FBS team, but one of the really good ones that had just been to the Rose Bowl, and and what you just said about the mindset, right? If they certainly none of that could happen without the belief that they could that they could be there and make those things happen, and. You know, there was a, a story that I heard about, I uh, just want to make sure, uh, Jake Robbins. Uh, I know he's an advisor that you've worked with. So give us a little bit about that perspective, because I think there's some corollaries to what you just shared about the bison. 
Yeah, so I, once again, it comes down to the hardwiring, the belief in what you think about. You're doing your research. You're, you're pulling all of, all the powerful stories. <laughs> so I'll tell you what. So my, my one-on-one coaching platform, which is a very tough thing for me to say, I am at capacity. I'm 100% booked. So I'm not here on this podcast interview trying to get new coaching clients. So when I share this story, I want to let you know this is not a solicitation for coaching. This is just another amazing example of somebody who decided to think a little bit bigger. So I received a call from Jake Robbins out of Oklahoma City in October of last year. And he calls me and he said, you know, I was at your boot camp a handful of years ago and I had had a great relationship with them, but there was no coaching that had gone on between the two of us. And Jake says, I want you to coach me. There's big things I want to do. I want to have some breakthroughs. His best year ever for an awards year calendar year at that period of time was 325000 Now, as I tell this story, I want each and every single one of you to think about where you are right now in terms of big goals that you're shooting for, because it doesn't matter where you are. It believes it, What matters is where you believe you can get to or what you believe you can achieve. So I told Jake, I said, you know, I'm, I'm totally booked for my coaching. He's like, there's no way that you can take me on. Like, let me tell you a little bit about what's going on. I said, all right, so let's talk, Jake. So Jake was at $168,000 of paid for premium in October of last year. And I said, Jake, what's your goal? He said, 406,000 of premium, 406,000. I said, okay. I said, what's your best year ever? 325. I said, that'd be a big increase. I said, would you feel good about that? And he said, yeah, absolutely. I said, okay. I said, all right, write that down, 406. I said, so if we were engaged, if we were to engage in coaching together, take me beyond just this award year. What's an even bigger goal that you have for yourself? He said, forum. One day I'll be forum. And I said, okay, Jake. I said, let me ask you a question. I said, tell me all of the terrible, horrible, awful things that'll happen to you between now and May if you push for forum now, but you end up falling short. And he says. Well, well, what do you mean? There's no terrible, awful things. And I said, exactly. <laughs> and I said, so if you, if you go for the bigger number, see, oftentimes we try to protect ourselves. I do it too. That's why I still have coaches. I've had a coach since I was 25 years old. I have never had a month where I didn't have a coach since I was 25 years old. And what our coaches do, our mentors do, they challenge us to think differently. Because without our coaches or our mentors, without the Will Richardson podcast, we stay content in our comfort zones. We all need to be able to push and to stretch and to think differently because when we do that, we get uncomfortable and we take different action. So Jake kind of fought me a little bit on it, and I don't know, that 560, that's a really big number, and, you know, boy, getting there, like 406 would still be great. It'd be my best year ever. But I said, if nothing bad would happen, do you want to go for it? And on that day, he committed to going for forum. And that day, his action changed. He got to the office earlier. He focused more on his workouts. Already a a guy who was in shape, but focused more on all facets of his life, working out, feeling good, confidence, studying, research, getting immersed in the PPA, getting into the details of each case to be able to find more. And I'm so proud to be able to report. uh, Many of you saw it at the annual meeting, and many of you will be at the forum meeting with him. Jake finished at $580,000 of paid-for premium, his sixth full year in the business, his first full-time forum qualification, and he put in the work. He made the change. But if his goal would have remained at 406, would he have even come close to 560? No way. And one thing I want to highlight before I turn it back to you, Will, because I'm loving that you're pulling all these stories. You're making me do all this talking. I want to interview you. So that, that's, that's, that's what I typically am. To hear what you pulled away from everybody.
opportunity to learn from. But but for Jake, his biggest case, guess what his biggest case was? Take a guess. I'm going to put you on the spot. What do you think the biggest case he wrote from going from 168 to 5? Actually, I'm going to ask you a different. Yeah. So he's at 168 in October. He goes to May. What do you think 90% of the people listening right now would say happened in his year, Will? What, what do you think they'd say? There, there could be an expectation that – so that's like, let's see, what, what was that? He had to do – yeah, sixty or seventy percent of the goal as the as the time was getting shorter. So there probably an expectation. Well, did he did he have a three hundred thousand dollar case in May? Is that how it happened? Bingo, <laughs> bingo, right? Oh, his aunt called. His aunt called. She just his aunt had to do some estate planning, and she did a three hundred thousand dollar case. Hey, his uncle David. His uncle David has a huge company. Did a buy. His largest case will was twenty thousand dollars of premium. This young man, and I'm so proud of him, he went to work. But he accepted the challenge. He accepted the different thinking. And for all of us right now, you know, I I refer to the first rule of sports psychology, Jerry Rice. You talk about a guy who embraced it. Jerry Rice did. You talk about Will Compton from the Washington Redskins, that football. You talk about the St. Louis Rams, the greatest show on turf. There's a helmet right here signed by some of the top players on that team. They embraced both sides of what it takes to be successful. First rule of sports psychology, for an athlete to perform at their highest level, they cannot solely rely on their natural talents and abilities. They have to understand the mental toughness side of what it takes to achieve peak performance. That's what Jake Robbins did. That's for each of us. It's not just the talent, it's the willingness to get up when you don't want to, and it's the willingness to fight and to think differently when you're setting goals for yourself. All right, so you just made me think of something cool because I've noticed that you'll, you'll have, uh, you've got some great quotes and things that you put out there, and they're, they're usually the theme is, you know, it, it, it's not what happens, it's how you respond. And, and I've heard you um, have a, a philosophy that champions create distance on, on Fridays. So tell us a little bit about what does that mean to you? Yeah, so champions create distance on Fridays. You know, you, you think of most people. Most people are going to show up to the office on a Friday. They're going to say, yeah, you know, I put in some work this week. I got big plans this weekend. What time is it, right? <laughs> what, and they keep looking at their watch. I can't wait for it to be 5 o'clock. I can't wait for it to be 5 and then get to the weekend. I hope everybody understands. And I want to share with you. I'm, I'm going to be direct because I care that much because I spent over 10 years with the Northwestern Mutual. Without the Northwestern Mutual, I would not be doing the things that I am today, and I love and care about the company. I love and care about all of you that represent the Big Blue. So I'm just going to be direct because I care that much. I know how hard it is. I know how tough it is. I know what it's like to get knocked down. I know what it's like to pay tens of thousands of dollars of commission back to your managing partner. It is not easy. But when those things happen, if you treat every day like a work day where you want to win that day, It'll make the tough times easier. And if you're, if you're taking ownership of your business, you believe you own your financial services practice, you can't afford to take days off. So allow Friday to be your day where you create distance from the competition. You create distance from somebody at XYZ company who's unwilling to work that day, who's not going to prospect, who's not going to pick up the phone. Because the people who work and get after it, Every day that's a selected work day, they grow a lot faster than others. Well, that's, that's a great perspective, and, and part of what's in there is just the, the mindset and how do you think about something. So 
I'm just thinking of an example because I think this is something that that's happened to to everybody that's ever been in in business. And so it goes something like this: you have a meeting, and this this might have happened this week in my life actually. So that's why it's fresh. Meeting goes well. Yep, sounds good. We're going to move forward. Let's get together in a couple of weeks. And and they're just really excited. It almost seems like it went too well. A couple of days later, email comes in. Yep, we're not going to do it. Anything. And it's like were we in the same meeting? So. So those kinds of things are going to happen. So how would you, what, what would be the mindset that you would say would be a productive one to have when that sort of thing inevitably occurs? Well, I think the mindset that you want to have is a mindset of next. We've all heard that, right? But let me go a little bit deeper of what I mean, because I think I look, about, I look at this a little differently. When I say next, all I want for each and every single one of you is to know when you say next, that your open case list, your pipeline, your hot list, whatever you call it, is so rich, it's so full, because you are working hard every day, you're winning one day at a time on your effort, that you have so many open opportunities that that no does not matter. So when you say next, it's not a next like, gosh, I can't believe, it's a next that has a tie to all of these negative feelings. It's a next with positive emotion with positive energy because that one no does not matter and if you work hard enough every single day will you understand this being a forum guy and building a great practice and great on both sides of the ball for you you know when your open case list is full and rich because your team has been working so hard one single no will not hold you back and that's what i want for everybody it, it, it there's no seduction of success Far too often people get seduced by success, right? So they hear in that meeting, oh, I'm going to get a yes and I'm going to get this yes. So they stop working and then they get the no's and there's nothing going on in their business. <laughs> you can't afford to do that. You can't afford to do that. So I like that mindset, the next. And so, so, it, so it sounds like basically it's like, look, you know what? It can't matter because there's so many good things going on It and, and we're not tying our success to a person's name, right? So it's like when somebody has a big goal to get to forum, there were some no's in there every single time, weren't there? There were there were people that you thought were going to do something that didn't and what, what attacking the process, as I understand it uh, from you, is, hey, you know what? I'm busy and if that person's not going to do anything, I'm glad I can use that time somewhere else. That's 100% correct. But also, here, here's another context of this, because you guys have to remember, every time I submit a proposal to speak, I don't always get it, whether you know I'm out of somebody's budget, whether the timing's not right, whether they do research on me and say, this guy might not be the right fit for our organization. Things happen for me, too. And I recently, and this is what I would love for everybody to embrace in terms of how to respond, I recently had a company, I won't say the name of the company, they booked me for February of 2018. So we're booking into mid-2018 already as a result of attacking the process every day. So we had a contract. We're waiting to get the contract back. The, the, the due date for the deposit was three days past. So Anna from our team reaches out to the client. Hey, just wanted to follow up to help process the deposit. She gets an email. Turns out it's not going to work out. Budgets have changed. Really sorry about this. Now, if our team was not working hard every day, if we weren't already booking out to mid-2018, my response probably would have been one of anger and hostility. What do you mean? You can't do that. We have a contract. You need to pay me, right? That's our naturalness of how we want to respond. But I was able to respond and to say, hey, hope everything's going on. I'm sure you're going to have an unbelievable meeting. I understand things change. If you're ever open to it, 
let's get on the phone and see if there's a solution for me to come to a future event. And my positive response has led to a phone call in two weeks to figure out a better date where I can go speak to the company. So when you hear that no will for you with those clients, if you respond negatively, right? Because our naturalness is to say, wait a second, I thought we were connected, I thought yeah. you wanted to move forward. <laughs> were you were you and I in the same room for yeah. that meeting? Right, right, right. That's what we want to say. <laughs> then guess what? That relationship is over. Yep. But if Will Richardson, who's really busy, who's got a really big open case list because of the number of dials, I call them POCs, points of contact, and I, I gotta just say something here. People throughout the Northwestern Mutual System and financial services all over the world, they're saying POCs like crazy, point of contact. I needed to trademark that. I waited too long. <laughs> so a point of contact is a text message or an email or a phone call. But if Will Richardson does his POCs, his open case list is full, you can now send a message to that client and say, hey, things come up. No big deal. I'd love to follow up with you in three months or six months because you sounded so connected to goals that were important to you, and I'd love to revisit it with you in the future and feel free to reach out to me any point in time before that all the best and people look at it like wait a second we really did have a relationship because this wasn't just about will making a sale there, there's so much so so first of all i love the the story just now about the the speaking engagement because you you didn't burn a bridge and and i think we we feel like it's about us when it rarely ever is and if we're busy enough then it's you know what tom lipscomb would call being other focused and like making it about the client and then when the timing's right, then maybe they can do business. And even if they don't, you didn't burn that bridge. I mean, that's a that's a really interesting concept there. And one of the things that I'd love to have you expand on is this, um, everything you've been talking about mindset. So what is the Mental Toughness Academy that you're working on? Yeah, so the, the Mental Toughness Academy really started probably 2008. So let, let me take you back. I, I was facilitating client builders for Matt Plocker, now a great managing partner out there in LA. He was our internal managing director under John Qualley. And I was facilitating client builders and there was a, a veteran rep, 13 years in the business, had never made the million dollar round table. And he comes up to me after this client builder meeting, he says, will you coach me? And I'd never coached anybody for a fee. It was the first time. And it's, so all right, what are you gonna charge and how often are we gonna talk? This young man was at $70,000 of paid for premium. I believe MDRT was 140 something thousand. He had three months to go. And it was the first time from a coaching standpoint, I started to apply some of the things that had worked for me that I'd learned from my mentors. And we applied those with him. He hit the million dollar round table for the first time. And I knew that actionable proven tools are so important because motivation and inspiration, that's not enough. I can't just tell stories and fire you guys up. We have to have actionable takeaways from our time together today. So from 2008, fast forward to today, we've built a mental toughness academy. And inside that academy, everybody, there are, there's five hours of video content. So there's two and a half hours of me teaching the principles of the mental toughness playbook. So even if people aren't interested in the academy, I want everybody to have a free gift today. Everybody can get the Mental Toughness Playbook for free at freeplaybook.net. So if everybody goes to freeplaybook.net, it used to be free all the time. We've now added my most significant and popular training tool called Your Emotional Trigger because it's our second edition. We've had over 100,000 downloads. So we now actually charge for the book. Everybody listening today can get it for free at freeplaybook.net. There'll then be a follow-up that will show you a little bit more about the Academy where there's 
the two and a half hours of me teaching the playbook, literally tool by tool. Since my coaching is booked, it's an opportunity for me to work with you in the boardroom of your life. In addition, there's a three video series called Winning One Day at a Time, which helps people embrace that mentality. I can't worry about yesterday. I can't worry about how excited I am. I've got five closes tomorrow. I have to put in the work today, so I've got five closes on another day off into the future. Win one day at a time on effort. Control your attitude. And then the interview you alluded to with Jerry Rice, the full one-hour interview from Las Vegas. Jerry and I on the stage is in that academy as well. And then there's also a one-hour keynote from Tyron, Tyron Woodley, my dear friend, the UFC welterweight champion of the world, talking about what it takes to be great in your life. People are loving the academy. And so you get the book for free. If you're interested, you'll be able to learn more about it. But the academy, it's all the tools. It's no holds barred. We're not holding back. And many of you know my real passion, and that real passion is continuing to write the story of my mother's legacy. That's how I got off to a fast start in the business. I lost my mom 11 days before my eighth birthday. You know, we all have real stories that impact us. Her mindset when she was passing away is where I really learned what mental toughness was all about. So all I want every day is for people to connect to what mental toughness means to them as they write their story. So proceeds of the academy, proceeds of all book sales, proceeds of all of our events goes to a research station at the Boston Medical Center in honor of my mom and a hospice room at a hospice here in St. Louis called the Legacy Room in my mother's name where when people are now passing away from diseases, they're surrounded by families in a very peaceful place. So a big portion of money we bring in goes to those, those initiatives. I appreciate you asking. No, there's, I mean, that's a lot of great stuff. And so, so you were, you were about eight years old when you, when you lost your mom and, and what, I mean, obviously that would have been very challenging to, to experience at any age, let alone age eight. What do you, what do you remember about the, the, um, about her perspective there that was so impactful for, for you over the years? So my, my mom taught me a very important concept that's one of the mental training tools today, and it's called the power to reframe. I remember when my mother, you know, we all have the ability to focus on solutions rather than problems. And I remember when my mother received a phone call. So my parents were divorced and I was six months old, never knew them together. At the time of this phone call, my mother had already been diagnosed with amyloidosis, a disease there was no cure for given two to four years to live and told she was only the second woman under 40 years old they'd ever seen or heard of having amyloidosis. And my mother had this journal where she unleashed her positive mental attitude onto the world. It said, beat the statistics, beat the odds, live with the disease that is chronic and fatal, believe in yourself, combat anything, purpose in life. And because of that strength of her mind, she got a phone call from Dr. Skinner at the Boston Medical Center. We live in St. Louis, that's where I was born and raised, where I still live today. And Dr. Skinner said, you need to come to Boston immediately. We're gonna increase your medications, already a page long in the journal. You're gonna to have to wear joke stockings around your legs to control the swelling. You're gonna to have to wear a mask just to be able to go outside. You need to come to Boston immediately. And my mother hang, hung up the telephone and she picked it back up. She called her boyfriend. She called her boyfriend, Alan. She said, Alan, I don't care about medications. I don't care about pain. She said, I don't care about joke stockings. We're taking the boys on a family trip. They're going to Boston too. Boys like Chinese food will take him to Chinatown. The boys like bowling will take him candlestick bowling. I was five years old, Will, and I remember being at the candlestick bowling alley in Boston. I had already had my Chinese dinner at Chinatown. We finished a couple sets of bowling and we're sitting in an old rickety booth. And my mother looks down at me. I'm five years old. And my mother says, you want to play hangman? The good old game, right? Good old fashioned game. I said, yeah, we'll play hangman, mom. 
So all of a sudden, I take out a piece of paper and I draw the hangman board and I draw my lines. My mom looks down at the paper and she guessed my word without guessing a single letter. I'm laughing, my mother's laughing, right? Now, it was pretty easy for my mom. I'm five years old. I knew like 10 words at the time, right? But what, what I remember is my mother's smile. What I remember was the positive emotions from that trip. So what I learned from watching my mom respond in that way is that especially in this business, and this is how my mindset was when I came into the business, somebody telling me no on the phone, you better come with some stronger heat than that because you will not shake me and you will not break me because I learned what it looks like to be tough. Now, here's something that I know. That's my story. I know everybody listening right now, you have a story too. You've been through challenge. You've been through adversity. You've been through tough stuff in your life that will provide a different perspective to give you strength, to dig down deep and to grab that strength on the days that you don't want to do it, where you need to reframe. Because just like my mom, there's somebody who's inspired you to keep fighting every time you hear that word now. Wow. I mean, that that's incredibly inspiring and and helpful to everybody. And, and one of the things that I'm observing just hearing you describe that is, I mean, goals are important, certainly like forum or whatever it is. And what, what I'm hearing you say is when things get really hard, when we just get knocked down, it's that drawing on your real purpose that helps you persevere because maybe the goal doesn't seem as important. Maybe, oh, I'll do that next year. But you, I mean, you're drawing on like some core stuff there and, 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 and helping others find that within their own story to, to keep going. That, that's exactly right. I mean, if somebody doesn't have a purpose for why they want to take action, how likely are they to take real action? Not action, the real action that's going to cause them to be their best. So if any of you have struggled with purpose, I would encourage you, go, go seek out your coach. Go seek out your mentor. Go sit down and have a conversation because it's the real conversations where we figure out what we're made of and our opportunity to grow it's not the conversations where I run into Will's office and say, look at this big client I brought in. It's unbelievable. I just did all this work, and we brought in $2.4 million of assets, and we did $72,000 of premium. Look at this, Will. No, the opportunity for us to grow is when I walk into Will's office and I say, brother, I love you, and I need you. I want to quit right now. And then Will has the courage because you care so much. I've seen it in your interviews. I've seen it just in your posts, and I've seen it from how people talk about what you've created here is that you go to a Will Richardson and say, I want to quit. And Will's going to look at you because he cares. Your coach is going to look at you and say, hey, take a step back. You know, why are you doing what you're doing every day? They can take a deep breath. They can reconnect to their purpose. They can re But if we're not having those real conversations or seeking the real help that we need, bragging about the good stuff doesn't matter. The real purpose of why you're doing it is going to get you up that mat off that mat of life one more time than you've been knocked down. But we don't do it alone. Don't try to do it alone, please. Well, you know, we think about in, in, in this business, and it's probably not dissimilar in most businesses, it's the the parts where we can not feel like it or run out of time. You know, you've heard you've heard reps say I ran out of time and therefore didn't ask for referrals, right? We've all we've all been there. So what do you what are you noticing in terms of what would you say is more important with that? Is it um, is it how a person does it, or is it just that they get themselves to do it consistently that, that, that helps them really attack the process? 
So I'll, I'll share something with you. So let, let, let's get some of these misconceptions out of the way. I am so thrilled that you asked this question. And once again, with my history at Northwestern, the top 20 individuals I coach, the managing partners I coach, the forum individuals, and, and, and everybody in between, I'm going to give it to you guys straight. It's, it's, this is not a language issue. This, this is not a it, – it's living to your feelings, right? Because you could say, I didn't have time. No, you were scared. You were scared. You were fearful they weren't going to give them to you. You know, two meetings before, or the previous 15 meetings, you asked and you got shut down 15 times, so you decided you weren't going to ask. And I can promise you that a Keith Wagner, a Scott Sparks, these legends, these absolute legends, every day, they're going to do what needs to be done. They're going to live to the standard. If they have prepared or they know they're going into a meeting with Will Richardson and they're supposed to ask for referrals, they are asking Will Richardson for referrals. There is, they're not going to go to their, oh, I feel badly because yesterday I didn't get any. Yesterday no longer matters. They've got to hammer that process and that standard today. So for all of you, I encourage you, just silence that mindset. Silence that negativity. You have the strength within you. Don't allow your feelings to dictate your action. Allow your standard and the process to dictate the action you want to take to drive more growth in your business. Well, it, it almost sounds like it doesn't. Do you, do you think it matters if 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 it's uh, if if the does the result matter or is it as simple as just do your part and then it all works out? Do your part. I mean, I, I say this and I'm not going to mention any names, but it always blew me away. You know, you would go to the forum meeting as I mentioned earlier, and I'm like at the bottom of the rung, right? I always just scrape my way right into the club. Literally, all four times I hit forum in the eight years that I was really producing. I mean, every year, you're just scraping in right down at the bottom, right? And you would meet these individuals, and you would talk to them. And occasionally, you'd meet the top 20 rep, and you're like, wait a second, I'm scratching my head. I'm like, this guy or this gal, they can't even put two sentences together. <laughs> Their language is terrible. <laughs> Yet, why were, they so, why were they so successful? Because every day, they did what they said they were going to do. So we can sit around and we can study language until our face turns blue. But if you don't have the courage and the purpose behind that courage to cause you to take action, I don't care how great your language is, you're not going to get the results that you're going for. And, and these great representatives, some of them have language that's just amazing, right? I mean, Tom Lipscomb is one of the greatest artists of words I have ever been around in my entire life. It is extraordinary how that man uses words. Brilliant man. But there's individuals who have done just as much premium with him that just outwork everybody around them. Well, that's you know, it's funny. I think we can all look at somebody that's on stage, if you will, and see them doing well. And, oh, it must be easy for that person. It must be just a consistent, every month people buy stuff. Oh, that must be easy. But that's, that's not how it is, is it? <laughs> no, my gosh, you kidding me? To anybody that has a high level said, you think it was easy for Jerry Rice to push your body like that? To push your body to limits that's not natural for a human being, that's not easy. You think Jerry Rice never needed an ice bath? You think Jerry Rice never needed treatment? You think Jerry Rice never needed a full body massage after he's running sprints on every single catch he makes in practice until Bill Walsh literally cut the practice field in half to stop Jerry from doing that because he's holding the team up? I mean, it's hard. It's hard on your body. It's hard on your mind. If you want to be the best that you can be, I get really tired of people candy coating how easy success is. I got news for you. It's not easy. Life is not easy. Life is challenging. Business is challenging. 
But if you stay focused on what helps you understand you're moving forward every day, you win one day at a time, you will fight through the ebbs and flows of adversity of life and business. Well, so we've talked about about hidden goals for the first time and then getting back there and each has its own challenges. So it, when you think about the people that you've coached and they've, they've never done something before, what mindset does the person, in other words, how does a person believe it's possible when they haven't yet done it? Well, so first off, it's, it's just choosing to believe it, right? Mm-hmm. It's choosing to allow a different truth to come forward in your life. Once again, it goes back to feelings. So if I said, Will, What's your biggest goal for premium? Forget about assets under management, just pure premium right now, because we could talk about hundreds of different goals. What is your big goal for premium right now in a year? In a year, I think a a huge goal would be to get to a million. Okay, to get to a million. So what's your goal for this calendar year right now? A million. Okay, so you've already planted that seed. Why, Why did you plant that seed? Well, you know what? Because it's not it's not close right now, but it's not over yet. So when you asked me that question, I thought back to January, and there's things that didn't go as planned as they always do. So so I'm sitting here thinking I'm not going to give Ben a smaller goal, right? That does so so it's like wow that that seems far away, but that was that was the goal then, and so I'm not going to change it. And you you've got three months, right? So when you when you think about that. Where you are is not an indication of where you believe you can get to. Where you are right now is only the truth of where you are right now. If you believe you can get to a million, just like a Jake Robbins, just like a Brandon Strope, when you're behind, that's when you find out what you're really made of. So for everybody listening right now, whether it's a calendar your goal, an awards your goal, if you're behind, it doesn't matter. What matters is what you believe. And if you believe that you haven't been referred to the cases that are going to get you there, then you're going to end up getting referred to those cases. So all we have to do is not think about the big number. Break that number down to a smaller number, right? So if you take where you are right now for the million and where you are paid for, over the next three months, I would say, Will, I'd ask you this question. Do you think you can close 25 cases between now and the end of the year? 25. For sure. Right? 100%. You're closing those 25 cases. That's a for sure. It's a much simpler answer than the million because you know what it takes to close a case. So if you focus on the 25 and we break it down, I call this a success tree. There's over 80 individuals who have hit forum for the first time that have used this. So rather than focusing on the million, you focus on the gap. What's the difference? The million minus where you are right now. And then you figure out, you may need a couple $50,000 cases. You may need a couple 25s. You're gonna have a bunch of bread and butter 4,000s, some fives. But figure out the number of cases you need that equal that 25,000. You're going to realize, wait a second, I only need to close 25 cases? And when you start chopping away at the phone, you start chopping away at prospecting, and you start to take it one day at a time, and you relieve yourself of the pressure of the stress of the big number, and you focus on the work every day, and you turn it to a game with this tree, and you have fun with it, serendipity will happen. And the serendipity is when these big things happen that you can't explain, and I'm going to be getting a text message or a call from my man, Will Richardson, going, Newman, how did you know this? Like, the $100,000 case, I don't even know where it came from, but it came. Because you stopped worrying about the result, and you got back to working. So I believe in you, Will, and I can tell you right now, there's 10,000 people in this company, you've got a loyal following, 
And I commend you on having the courage to put that out there because there's people that are in your corner. They are filling up the stands. They are rooting for you. They're cheering for you. And you do this, I'm telling you, it's going to be incredible. And the best part is, it's not whether you hit the million or not. People just want to know that when Will Richardson hears that ding, 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 ding of that final round come December, that Will Richardson can look at everybody that's looking at you right now and Will Richardson can say, guys, I gave it everything that I had. So when you set big goals, for me in coaching somebody, it's not that you hit the big goal. It's that we have a conversation when you cross that finish line and you can look at me and say, Ben, you helped push me. You helped me work every day. And if you gave it your best, nobody can ever take that away from you. You can't ask any more of yourself than that. that that's such a great perspective and, and, and mindset. And, and it's instructive because it's, it's not, you know, if we think about, let's say it was a sports example and it's baseball season and it's the all-star break and the person is nowhere near the batting average that they, that they want to be, then, then the, the mindset would be, well, you know what, that means the second half of the season is going to be twice as good, right? And, it, and that's a choice whether, how do we think about it, isn't it? And, and, and that's it. So, number one, they have to choose to believe. You have to choose to, to get to a million. Mm-hmm. Now, I, help, I actually helped a rookie. Uh, he was minor league player, but in the St. Louis Cardinals organization, I got connected through an NFL player I work with. He called me, similar type scenario, six weeks left in the season. He was batting 271, lowest batting average of his entire career. I took him back to the mindset through the emotional trigger that's in that playbook, connected him to an ideal state of focus. We talked about approaching not one at bat at a time, one pitch at a time. Because you can't play a game six weeks from now today. You can only be locked in one pitch at a time with your next at bat. You can only be locked in in the field. That young player, from the moment I had that conversation, it was two years ago, to the end of the season, he batted 361. His total cumulative batting average for the season ended up being a hair over 320, and he was named the Rookie of the Year in the minor leagues for the St. Louis Cardinals organization. So you nailed it. It's getting yourself back to that mindset of just one at bat at a time. So for you, it's one phone call at a time. It's asking for a prospect one at a time because that's all you can control, Will. I can't tell you what's going to happen the second (laughs) week in November. We're not there yet. we got a lot of work to do before we get there. Well, it, it 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 slows things down a little bit, and that's what that's what Dave was telling me. I mean, I I, had, I saw him in March um, in in Florida, and then we talked, you know, because in March there's really just a couple of months left, right? And he his mindset was, you know, uh, process, process, attack the process, and so it's just I just keep thinking about that, and, and Brandon too. In fact, uh, Brandon mentioned that tree because he also had um, he he had. Um, he had a big goal, and it, it was a big number he needed to hit the first, uh, the last couple of months as well. So it's just interesting to observe that and then to hear your perspective on how you helped encourage them to, to do that. And I would tell you guys, Brandon would say that that tree, just him and his whole team would just look at that. It, it, it was almost magical hearing him talk about it. Yeah, you, you're, you're exactly right. And once again, you know, those, those are the moments that make me so excited as a coach. It's when somebody chooses to implement something that I've seen proven that it works. And I didn't go on one single meeting for Brandon. I didn't do any prospecting, (laughs) right? I've just had the blessing of holding him accountable to what gets him fired up for his life. So for all of you, I want to capture this takeaway. If you take a look at some of the stories that we've shared so far today. So Jerry Rice, how could you not give 100% when it's 100% your choice? Think about the Jake Robbins story. What's your goal right now? And what if you set a bigger goal? If you set the bigger goal, you're 
have a much higher probability of hitting the lower goal. But what you're going to do is figure out what you're really made of. And then what if you put a tree in place and you break down that really big goal? And then you say, you know what? I'm going to take it one day at a time. I'm going to take it one day at a time and put forth my best effort because when I hear that ding, ding, ding in December, I want to know that it was 100% my choice. I did give it everything that I've got, and I did have an opportunity to grow and learn a little bit more about myself. That would be a huge victory for me from this opportunity to be with you and your listeners. Definitely. Well, I mean, this this has been an incredible conversation. You've mentioned a number of, of resources. So for, for those that want to learn more, Ben, about what you're up to, let me just recap the ones I wrote down. It's the the plus, the plus symbol one, Google that. It's the um, freeplaybook.net. And are there some upcoming events, the... Um, the, any, anything that's coming up that people could sign up for if they wanted to? Yeah, so here's what I think would be really, really cool. So, um, and I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here if you're willing to add this in, in the follow-up, Will. But our boot camp, so our next boot camp is October 15th through the 18th in the, in, uh, the Dominican Republic with Tyron Woodley, Donovan Darius, Dan O'Brien, the gold medalist. It, it's a sold-out boot camp, so we don't have any room. But it looks like our boot camp next year. Nobody hold me to these dates. So every year we do something exotic, and then the next year we, we go back to Las Vegas. So it looks like it's going to be June 20th through the 22nd in Las Vegas. If you guys are interested in a boot camp, you can either send me an email at info at bennewman.net. Maybe you send a message to Will. But I would love to know because one of the things I love is building a boot camp around what people want. So if there's a speaker where you said, oh my goodness, if I could go to Vegas, I could do a casino crawl, I could meet this athlete, I could spend time with this athlete, I would love, send it to info at bennewman.net, on Twitter or Instagram, it's at continued fight, tweet stuff at me, send me messages, send stuff to Will. I'd love to know, if you were to come to a boot camp to have an amazing experience like over a thousand people have to grow, what type of speakers would you want to hear from? And just like Jerry Rice, right, when you think about attack the process, I had made a goal. I said, look, Jerry Rice is speaking at the boot camp because if there's anybody who's lived, attack the process, it's Jerry Rice. So if you give me a challenge to connect my dots with my relationships to find a speaker, I'm going to go get them, and I look forward to seeing you in Vegas. That sounds great. Well, Ben, thanks for for being here with us today and and, and sharing your wisdom. This has been uh, really impactful to help us all get better. Well, well, I, I, I sincerely appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate the the amount of detail and intentionality you put into setting up these opportunities and your commitment to giving back to the industry. I'll tell you, your commitment, especially when I'm a, a real-life example of the, everybody, the work you do, I'm a real-life example because $100,000 of term insurance put me through college. You maybe haven't thought about it this way yet, Will, but the legacy that you are leaving behind from the commitment you've made to everybody that loyally follows you, brother, this is deep, deep, deep-rooted in terms of what the word legacy means, and I commend you, and don't ever stop this fight, brother, and I'm in your corner. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate it. And as always, if anybody has any questions, don't hesitate to call us at 415-574-6659.